be okay with the awkward. The awkward's actually really, really good for you. How can I become so safe with myself that the awkwardness doesn't really phase me so much? Hi, I'm Eden. I'm Sam. And this is Ruby the Podcast. We are a community of young women seeking answers to the hard questions and discovering what it means to cultivate our purpose. So join us as we interview world-changing entrepreneurs, creatives, and industry experts. All here to share the wisdom we need for living the Ruby lifestyle. One of authenticity, wonder, and intention. So take a breath, settle in, and get ready to discover who you were made to be. We are so grateful you're here. Hey, hey, welcome to part two of part two. our Ruby the Podcast episode part with two. Kara Campbell. Mm, thank you for those <laughs> lovely hymns, to, or wait, <laughs> harmonies. <Hymns>. Oh boy. <laughs> um, as you may know, Eden and I were at camp a few weeks ago, and um, we, there's always like, you know, have your... Not even just at, like, leadership camp, but there's always, like, camp relationships. Like, there's, like, always things people say. Like, Rules I went to about... camp. You know, like, I went to camp and I met the love of my life. Like, things like that. <laughs> and so, like, at at this camp, they do, like, little skits before, like, saying, like, this is some of the rules. But they're, like, supposed to be, like, in a funny way of saying them. So, like, whenever they talk about camp relationships, they say, like, shut it down. They like, do, like, this big thing. <laughs> with and their so, like, arms. Like they have, yeah, you yes. can't see us, but oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, they you make an X me. with their arms, and then they do this huge... <laughs> like, you're shit. breaking free, but it's like, shut it, shut down. it down. Yeah. And so, so it's, like, good. really funny. Like, you could hear people, like, walking around camp. Like, I mean, you can just see. Like, I'm like, oh, they're cute. Like, some people are, like, just... Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then some people will be like, come behind them, shut it down. It's like <laughs> so a joke. Good. Or at other camps, I've heard purpling before. They'll say, yes. no purpling. It gets really annoying, actually, because what if you just want to be like, friends? I'm like, excuse me, I'm just friends with yeah. this person. Yeah. But their train of thought is blue and pink, which, you know, leads to Which purple, then but... creates purple. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but today, like Sam said, is part two of our episode with Kara. She is brilliant on talking about relationships and advice for girls our age and really all women and just what it means to do your part in the relationship mm-hmm. and marry your best friend, date your best friend, and, well, okay, y- you'll, you'll see as she's talking. She's she's really good. Um, and it really did feel like a big sister moment, sort of. I don't always get to hear advice from people older than me. Obviously, there's people I know and friends that I have that are older, but she was really intentional with the words she was using and will be amazing for you to hear as well. So we'll see you on the other side. I'm curious about, so in a relationship with your husband, Caleb, how do you help him grow? How does he help you grow? How do you challenge each other? And how does that make your relationship stronger? Yeah, it's a great question. We, so Caleb and I both love growth. (laughs) This is a helpful thing that we bond on is that we are both constantly asking the question, how can we grow? How can we develop? How can we become? That was one of the the things that was the most attractive about him to me is that I knew in meeting him, I was like, you're going to be a different person in five years because you're so committed to interpersonal growth. Right. Mm, Yeah. So, so together, I think that part of the ways uh, or part of the way that we challenge each other and help each other grow is 
is simply to be a mirror to the other. And that's kind of what happens in marriage. It's kind of what uh, just naturally develops because you're in the context of this person all the time. So you're going to mirror back to them things that are already going on inside of them. Um, and I think in, in dating and in choosing a partner, one of the one of the pieces of advice that somebody gave me in my early 20s was make sure you marry a man who, uh, how did they say it? They said, who is willing to change, mm-hmm. right? And I, I look back on that and I, I the wording is so-so, <laughs> but the concept is really good, right? Marry a person, choose a person who has the intention to become a better version of themselves always. Mm-hmm. especially if that is a value to you, right? If you are someone who's like, I want to keep growing. I want to keep developing. I want to wake up in 10 years and be a different version of myself, a healthier version of myself, a a more expanded version of myself. And you want to choose that in a partner too. So I think that part of, uh, part of, uh, the, the beauty of, of being married to Caleb is that we both carry that intention and so there's really no coasting in our relationship, right? He, Caleb is, he is so good at mirroring back to me in a very gentle way. Uh, if I, you know, if I get really stubborn about something or if I am self-doubting, if I, if I'm operating with a bunch of self-doubt, he'll be like, interesting. Sounds like you're really doubting yourself right there. You know, he'll mirror back to me what's going on. Right. And it's such a gentle way where it can become a conversation it can, and it can become something that we dialogue about. Um, as opposed to him trying to want to change me or whatever, right? But it, it is a safe space for us to communicate, to say, we want to become the best versions of ourselves. So how can we continue to hold each other to that? Mm-hmm. Do you think that applies to also before marriage as well with dating? It's, I feel like it might be a little different because you're not in a committed, like yeah. together forever sort of thing. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. I think it can get a little mucky before dating or before marriage, right? Because you don't want to, you don't want to marry someone. You don't want to pick someone with the hope that they're going to change. You don't want to be in a dating relationship with this idea that, oh, he could become really amazing, right? Like, oh, I see his potential. So many women women date for potential. We do it all the time. It's like our downfall. But it's also a beautiful part of us is that we can see what's possible, right? It's mm-hmm. that intuitive part of, of, of mm-hmm. ourselves where we can actually see like, oh, you're, that's who you have the potential to become. But we don't want to date that. We, we want to date someone who is actually who we want. We want to date someone who is actually already the version of themselves that we want to choose. So I, I say this uh, around marriage sometimes with Caleb. I say, I married exactly who he was in that moment. And I also married him mm-hmm. with knowledge that he will become an amazing father, an amazing uh, husband, an amazing uh, business person, right? Like I knew those things about him, but that's not why I married him. I married him for the version that he was in that exact moment when we got married. So it's kind of like holding, um, holding a little bit of tension, right? Because in dating, you want to, uh, you, you want to choose the person as they are. You also want to know and see and trust that they do have that moldable, shiftable, changeable growth mentality towards life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, continuing the conversation of like communicating. um, Yeah. How do you embrace the awkward 
especially if it's like a newer relationship or you're just meeting each other. I mean, now you're probably, there's no need, you're not awkward anymore, but how do you have those awkward conversations or just, yeah, embracing that and letting it fuel you? Yeah. So good. Gosh, another piece I wish, a piece of advice I wish somebody would have said to me in high school was like, be okay with the awkward. The awkward's actually really, really good for you. And it's kind of sucky because you're like, oh, this is so squirmy. And I just, you know, it's really feeling. Yeah. But, but awkwardness is so illuminating, right? It's always showing us something. And most of the time, uh, awkwardness is, is more of an internal feeling than it is actually happening, right? Like we might feel awkward, but it might not really be that awkward. So I think holding space for the awkwardness and, and recognizing like, oh, if this feels awkward right now, that's okay. That's totally okay. How can I, how can I be okay with, with the uncomfortability of that, right? How can I be okay with maybe a little bit of silence or maybe a little bit of whatever it is that's making me feel, feel awkward? And then how can I become so safe with myself, so self-confident, so self-identified, um, so self-safe that the awkwardness doesn't really phase me so much. Mm. awkwardness honestly is one of my greatest tools uh, in coaching because when we sit here for a little bit and I just let there be some awkward silence that's when the good stuff bubbles up right Mm -hmm. we we don't want to be awkward as humans we don't want to be uncomfortable but it's actually in discomfort where the good stuff rises up so sometimes in in dating it's actually it's okay it's okay to have it be a little awkward because some good stuff can bubble up in that Mm -hmm. I was just at a camp and we were talking about something very similar and about listening. And they were talking about silence after someone, after someone says something is so Mm -hmm. good because you can really soak in what they said without just listening to respond exactly um, to like your immediate answer. And I think that there, you're right. There's so much power that comes through that moment because you really can process how you think about it, how you feel about it and then decide how do you want to respond instead of just how your mind decides to. Yeah. Um, but I, that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it really is um, active listening, right? It's yeah. a practice of active listening. And we uh, culturally, we don't like silence. We don't have it very often. We're so, we think about social media, we have noise all the time, right? Mm-hmm. We can constantly be filled with noise, but active listening really is the practice of allowing you to tell me something, share something, and then me just holding it, right? Really holding the space to let you share that. And sometimes we we're so quick to want to offer advice, uh, to offer our opinions, to offer our thoughts, but really one of the most transformational experiences is to have someone just hold space for you. You guys mm-hmm. have experienced this when someone just allows you to fully process and share and uh, communicate and tell your story. It's so safe feeling, right? It's so safe feeling. And we think that by offering our opinion or our thoughts or whatever, or our advice, we're doing something really great for a person. But sometimes I think the most powerful thing we can offer is just the space to hold. For sure. I always tell Eden, I'm like, I don't know how to talk to boys. I never know what to say. <laughs> I mean, but that's because I always feel like I have to respond mm. something and not be awkward and not be, you know, but if we kind of break down those barriers and we just mm-hmm. like be yourself, then yeah. I mean, there's really nothing to worry about, but it is something I always say, which is, yeah, it's just funny. It, yeah. It's a, sorry, go ahead. 
no, go, go, go. No, I was just going to say, it's a very interesting thing for high schoolers to talk about because that is the highlight of every relationship is the awkwardness. I think that holds a lot of people back. I think it holds me back. I mean, Mm. I think how you said being yourself, Sam, ties really closely to that. I think that's so true. I mean, you feel like you have to be a version of yourself to even get them to really respond to you. And then it just goes Mm. down an unhealthy path. But yeah. Yeah, I think I, I love I love this conversation because I think what it's showing you is that um, there is the temptation to want to become something or be something for someone else to like you, right? Mm-hmm. Where maybe the whole practice for you is like, how do I just show up as me? And who cares if he responds or doesn't respond or likes me or doesn't like me? How do I just practice fully being me in this conversation? Because I already can tell in this conversation with you, you're great at conversation. (laughs) You're great. You're amazing at interaction and communication. So it's not that you don't know how to talk to boys. That's not the problem, right? The issue is that you might be more concerned with how they think than how somebody else thinks. Right. Cause in this conversation with me, you're not thinking like, does Kara like me or not like me? Or am I, yeah. am I, having, am I having the right conversation? Right. Yeah. We're just, we're just communicating. So maybe taking that pressure off of yourself and being like, how do I just show up and have a really fun conversation? And literally who cares if he responds or doesn't respond. Right. Mm-hmm. Good advice. So good. Yeah. I'm getting a lot. Of Hard this. advice. Hard <laughs> advice. Yeah. Yes. Um, Oh, you can go ahead, Sam. Sorry, you were talking. I keep no, doing that. You're good. Um, something I was you were talking about social media. Um, and continuing with that, like we always see, especially now, like almost like relationships romanticized or like life romanticized, or like especially on TikTok, there's all like couple TikToks and couple videos. It almost kind of like shows you what a relationship should look like. Hmm. So how do you remind yourself that your relationship is different? than somebody else's? Yeah, this is a great question. You guys are in such an interesting time in the world. I was telling, I was talking about this with Caleb yesterday. Caleb and I grew up, I'm 36. So we grew up without social media, right? And we, I mean, I got Facebook in college, like towards the end of college. And then, I don't know, Instagram in my late twenties. So I didn't have, um, I didn't have a constant mirror of uh, what should something should look like right Mm -hmm. now. I feel like the danger for your generation or for your existence in this time is that there are all those pictures of, of shoulds, right? Like, Oh, it should be like this, or it should be like that. So part of um, part of what I think is going to be such a wrestle for you guys is really determining what feels the most authentic and true to me. What do I want? Like, what do I feel like is a healthy, safe, good life giving relationship? Because externally, all of these pictures, um, all these TikTok relationships, they're fun to look at and they're fun to romanticize, but you're not inside of them. Right. And so you're not actually seeing any of the grit, any of the dirt, any of the hard, you're really only seeing the 0.05% of the glamor of what it looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. And so being able to notice that even just having that awareness of like, this is simply a glamorized version of someone's experience. And there's Mm -hmm. probably truth to some of it, right? Like there's, there's probably truth that that couple is like traveling in Bali and, you know, wearing their perfect Bali outfits and having the best (laughs) love of all time. And there's truth in that. 
But there's also truth in the the a hundred layers below that, right? That that you're not seeing any of the other stuff that's going on. So I think really having a strong foundation of what you want in a relationship and what you want to feel, whether it be, I want to feel safe and grounded, kind of going back to that vision we were talking about earlier, right? Like having that relationship vision of what you want to feel. Um, and then really doing the work to uh, not compare <laughs> because mm -hmm. you are constantly bombarded. I am too now, right? Like I'm constantly bombarded with what it could look like or should look like. And, and this stuff doesn't, it doesn't change. We're, we're talking about just relationships right now, but you get into your adult life and then you, you know, you see people with families that look a certain way or having kids that look a certain way or having houses that look a certain way or careers that look a certain way. And so we can look at all of that and think like, oh, I, like I don't have that. Or we can turn it against ourselves or we can turn it and say, okay, in that picture that I saw, I really liked that they blank and mm -hmm. I want that in my relationship, right? Seeing it as a mirror, as a picture of what's possible as opposed mm -hmm. to what you don't have. Yeah. They're so really saying, I really respect that about that relationship. And I would like, I would like to incorporate that into my future relationship as opposed to letting it be a comparison tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good still talking about kind of our age group what advice would you have to give for younger girls our age who are in a season of single singleness or yeah. who are in a relationship right now yeah oh so good okay singleness first spend so much time falling in love with your life like spend so much time falling in love with you do the work to love your body. That's so huge as a woman. Do the work to love your body. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about like loving the shape of your body. I'm not talking about like getting in shape so you love your body. I'm talking mm -hmm. about recognizing that your body is the greatest ally and tool you have that carries so much wisdom. And the world has told you to hate it from day one, right? The world has told you to change it, reshape it, whatever it might be from day one but really looking at like, oh, how can I just love me? How can I be so in love with me? And I, in high school, I hated my body and I didn't even know that wasn't normal. I thought that was totally normal to exist in a hatred relationship with my body. And now at 36, my body is bigger than I was at 18, right? Like I'm, I'm not in the best shape of my life, but I'm recognizing like, oh my gosh, you are the most magnificent. Like this is, mm -hmm. this is the vehicle you're going to have for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. the, the thing that you're going to embody for the rest of your life. So love it, be kind to it. I have my clients do body scan meditations, which, which can be so simple. You spend five minutes a day, simply noticing your body and thanking your body. Thighs, thank you for being so supportive of my body. Feet, thank you for carrying the weight of me all day. Hands, thank you for doing the work you do to type on a computer, to touch, to cook, to whatever, whatever it might be. And spending five minutes practicing gratitude towards parts of your body, all like just five minutes a day can literally help transform the way your brain is thinking about your body, right? Yeah. So that's my, that's my thought towards single and non-single just at your age. I'm like, if somebody would have said to me, love your body and do the work to love your body from a younger age, it would have saved me a lot of pain in my twenties. Hmm. So that's one thing. Um, I think uh, th the other question was like for your age 
in dating, right? Like if you're in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that my advice, if, if I were to be in high school and somebody were to give me advice while I was in a, in a relationship, I would say still spend time cultivating your relationship with you because it can be very easy, especially at, in high school to put all the attention on the other person. Yeah. And you are going to be, uh, the best in a relationship, the more you become the best you, Mm -hmm. right? So the more you're cultivating your relationship with you, liking you, doing work on you, um, learning about you, learning, learning what makes you, uh, come alive and what makes you thrive and what kind of conversations you like having, the more you do that, the better you're going to be in a relationship. So again, bringing it back to you, I think sometimes with women and men too, I think we're so quick to, to think about the other, but there's actually something so beautiful when we, when we get selfish is the wrong word, but when we get really self-aware, mm-hmm. self-focused, and we work on developing our sense of self, we just show up fuller in, in relationships. Yeah, for sure. This is our favorite question to ask our guests. Yes. If you could go back to your 16-year-old self and talk to her, give her some advice, what yeah. would you say? Oh, sweet 16-year-old Kara. <laughs> <laughs> I had braces. I was a swimmer. <laughs> I, oh, it's so funny thinking about that version of myself. That was 20 years ago, you guys. That's crazy. I know. I'm. That's going to be weird. To... It's weird. I still feel like I'm 16. I'm like, what? Am I 36? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what would I say to her? You know, I think I would say kind of what I said earlier, be kind to yourself. Be Mm. really kind to yourself. Um, I would, I think I would assure her that one, she can trust herself. That was a huge thing for me is that I didn't really know how to trust myself. And I, I spent a lot of time in self-doubt and part of that came from like the sense of not liking my body and self-hatred, right? So those things all tie together. But I think I would uh, really encourage her to work on self-trust, to look at what it looks like to really be operating from a connected place to my, to my gut and my intuition. Um, I think I would encourage her to laugh and play a lot and, and to recognize that like, oh my gosh, the things that are in front of you, life feels really serious right now, but, but it actually, when you'll, you'll look back and you'll be like, whoa, that was so fun. That was so light. Right. I think we do this actually throughout our lives. I think we take ourselves so seriously in whatever season we're in, but then we get 10 years down the road and we're like, oh, that was, that was a breeze back then. Right. Mm -hmm. So really looking at like, how can I just enjoy this time? How can Mm -hmm. I spend time enjoying my life? enjoying the season that I'm in, enjoying the development that's happening for me, enjoying the practice I'm getting in dating, enjoying uh, the ways I get to learn about myself. Really like, how do I, how do I just enjoy this time? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You're so welcome, you guys. (laughs) This is so Um, fun to talk with you. Just writing down so many things because I, this is such an interesting topic to me and I know to Eden too. And so hearing you say it and just hearing your wisdom has been amazing. So thank you so much. Of course. You guys are already, I'm like, geez, you're in high school. What was I doing in high school? I was like, (laughs) who even knows? knows? It's amazing. It's Mm. definitely an experience. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, like Sam said, everything you said today, just so you said it in a gentle way and you said it in a way that like really spoke to a deeper level rather than just the Snapchat, Instagram relationship that we see every day. So I really appreciate that. Um, and we wanted to know where we can find you and support you and where our audience can do the same. Yeah, absolutely. So on Instagram, um, my handle is at by Kara Elise, B-Y-K-A-R-A-E-L-I-S-E. My website is the same by karaelise.com. And on my website, I have some um, free relationship download stuff, some a mini course and all of those fun things. So you can mm. find it all there. Love it. Love yeah. it. Thank you so much. She was incredible. And the things she had to say, I think were perfect for what Eden and I, and I'm sure so many other people are just needing right now because I mean the dating life and the world <laughs> of dating and singleness and all that is just like it feels like you have to know like yeah what yeah. like you have to know it but like no one's gonna say like oh like it's okay to be awkward on the first date like you know like you think you have to be like proper and perfect and I like, always say like I always say to Eden, like, the worst foods to eat on a first date are these. We're always talking about that. We're always talking about that. But I think, like, that's part, I guess, of embracing just who you are. Yeah. And didn't someone tell us that's part of, like, it's a conversation starter almost. So if you're eating spaghetti and you get sauce on your face, you can be like, oh, my gosh, I got sauce on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Not in that voice, obviously. But, (laughs) Um, yeah super good embrace the awkward love it Mm. the other thing i loved was how she was talking about a strong foundation and really rooting yourself in your own desire and your own belief and your own um like what you're good at what am i strengths (laughs) and Mm. knowing what you have to offer so that you can kind of recognize what you want in someone else and then recognize where you can show up for them when you do have them Mm. i think it's it really builds a strong relationship and it's not even only romantic relationships I think it's also also applies to friendships like for Sam and I like we know that we want to be humble with each other we know that we want to be real we know that we want to be like we can be funny and weird and we're fine with it because we both are on the same page and it does bring people closer for sure Mm. and I, I love the one thing she said where she said Dating is a practice to see how authentic yeah. you can be with someone else. Yes. I just loved how she said that. Me that was, too. Yeah, so good. Things. She had so many things that I just needed to hear from someone who had already gone through it. Mm-hmm. It's different talking to your parents about it, um, <laughs> of course, because they're your parents. Yeah, they but, want you to, you know, they yeah. have, yeah, yeah. They have their they own. For you. <laughs> yeah, but um, really good. Just an amazing conversation and so thankful that we got to do that with her thank you for showing up and being present and for joining us in this review the podcast episode we are grateful you're here and we love you yeah and take what you learned today and post it on social media even if it's just a little snippet just write something cute like a little quote or text it to a friend or if you heard an affirmation that really spoke to your heart that's a great thing to share as well This episode was produced by Taylor Kanagowski, edited by Kat Smith, and all original music is by Ethan McCullough. We'll see you next time, next week. Stay ruby.